it's okay to make mistakes. You're not alone and you don't need to be embarrassed because everybody does. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's, everybody's can make mistakes. Listening to the Single Mom Cast. I'm Mel Hyatt. We have Pam Keneally. I'm here. She's here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Excited. Probably just ladies, yes. but maybe. Somebody. You never know. Absolutely. <laughs> and we have uh, one of our dear friends here at Arise Single Moms, Jay Millar. Jay, thanks for joining us all the way from Colorado. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me again. We are probably, I'm assuming we're jealous of your weather, but I'm not sure. So, Jay, you are the founder of My Virtual Dad. Um, We have talked about many times on the podcast, myvirtualdad.net, and we did a podcast with you in the past called The Man Crisis, which our moms just loved. And we cannot wait to talk to you today about creating a space for our sons um, or the men in our life where they can be confident and connected and safe. We are so excited. Well, thanks for having me back. As you know, this is a passion of mine. Uh, growing up virtually with a single mom, um, you know, it's, it, it's it, my passion is to help men uh, make their way in life and to, and to be a guide for moms as well as they're guiding, as you said, their, their sons and the men in their life uh, to, to be confident, connected and safe. Yeah, we love that. Jay, what is something that you would like our listeners to know about you today? <laughs> uh, boy, I, uh, th- th- what I'd like you to know about me is, again, that's my passion is to, is to help men. Uh, I do have a day job. Uh, this is something I do on nights and weekends. And is, this just fills my spirit, fills my soul with uh, uh, this is my purpose in life. So uh, excited to be here, you know, have three boys, 25, 23, and 21, and uh, use it on, <laughs> use it to help guide my own family as well as, uh, you know, help others in their journey as well. Yeah, that is wonderful. Jay, I would love to have, as a single mom years ago, I would love to have had your wisdom in my single parenting. And so moms, as you're listening today, if you're a single mother, just put your ears up and be ready to hear some amazing advice on your sons. This is life-changing. You will not leave this podcast the same way you joined us. So get ready for something that's really going to rock your single mom world because it's going to be awesome. So Jay, let me ask you, um, you've told us that men and I'm not sure what this means, so I want you to, I know what it means, but I want you to explain it, that you have told us that men are at risk and in a vulnerable position. I mean, what does that mean, and how does that affect our single moms? Well, and, and we talked about this in the original podcast, and, and I'll say it again, it's what really drives me every day. Men are in crisis. Um, there's, there's so much going on in the world right now with so many factors. Uh, The key statistics are men, boys, young men, men of my age, uh, five times more likely uh, to die of suicide and to be uh, in depression, six times more likely to live in poverty, 10 times more likely for substance abuse, 20 times more likely for violence. And it's not a topic that's very common. you know, to talk about how can I help men? There's many, many, you know, just like your single mom cast. I love the heart and the spirit of single mom cast. You have a group. I think the the men's group is too broad of a swath. So it's, it's not dissected in the way that you have with your wonderful ministry of, of helping out single moms. 
men is just too generic of a term, but there's a lot of danger there. You know, I, I totally agree with that. And I want to tell the mom, too, that if you're, as you're listening, you go, this is about men. If, if you had a little check in your spirit come up, you need to continue listening because Jay is going to tell you what you need to know for your sons. And so this is so valuable. So you just keep listening, please. <laughs> yeah. Jay, as I'm listening to you, I hear this urgency in your voice. I'm wondering what actions can our single moms take to mitigate this risk for their sons? Yeah, and I think there's three ingredients, and we've mentioned them here a couple of times, being confident, being connected, and being safe. And, uh, you know, that's the recipe for success with young men. I'm I'm doing some college age ministries here with men in transition out of college and into into life. And what I'm finding is that those three ingredients are really the key to success. And I'll give you an example, a use case, right? So uh, a young man's trying to build his career, right? Um, Coming out of college. So if you have a son, or, or some you know man in your life that's uh, that's trying to do that right now, uh, you can build confidence by giving them a little training on on interviewing skills. I've got a you know modules that talk about how you can get off to a quick start in the first ninety days of a job and really make an impact and show the organization that you're working with and for that uh, that you've got potential and that you're eager to learn. So you can do some training around confidence, being connected uh, with. With this uh, uh, college age ministry that I'm doing, uh, they talk to each other and they say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I need some help um, or I'm really excited about this. And these are some of the avenues I'm seeing as potential. So they're connected and they're sharing stories and safe means that you can admit that you don't have it all figured out. And there's an environment where you can say, you know what, this is something that's on my mind. I'm losing a little bit of sleep over it. Um, I don't think men are wired to talk like that. So you just try to model it through these small group interactions and these trainings. And if you get the right doses of those three elements, um, you can, you can have a lot of success and men can come out of their shell and they're able to talk about it and articulate things a little bit better and make more progress. You know, I do love that because as you were talking about being safe, uh, as you begin thinking moms about your sons and it is, you know, this is being vulnerable and, you know, all of us like to be like real people because we grow when we're real. And so I love the fact that you're talking about being safe and confident. So let me ask you, Jay, you know, moms are sitting there thinking my t- greatest treasures in my life are my kids and I'm trying to raise them alone. And you want me to be, you're thinking, Mom, maybe you want me to teach them to be confident, connected, and safe. Well, I don't even feel confident, connected, and safe. So how can we relate, give to others what we don't have ourselves? You know, so let's just jump to this question real quick on maybe how, in the midst of all that, how can moms, for example, uh, build confidence in their sons? Even if they're not feeling so confident, they can still have an impact in their lives? How can they build confidence in their sons? Yeah, my recommendation to moms, and it's a great question, Pam, because, yeah, none of us are confident in every area of our life. I think we all have strengths, you know, things that we know well and that we've learned well. I would, you know, recommend pass those pass those things along to your son. Maybe, maybe you were taught good you know, financial responsibility. And that's something that you can, you can pass along to your son. Hey, here's a couple of things that you can do to feel 
like you're, you, you know, you're doing a good job of financial stewardship or, or maybe it's building a career or maybe it's volunteering or connected, you know, teach those things where you're strong. Uh, and also, you know, where I think the safe part comes, I always lead with safety, meaning, and, and how I do that is I tell a story and I did this with my boys when they were very young, I tell them mistakes I made. And that opened up the vulnerability to say, mm-hmm. when my kids were eight, you know, five, 10 and eight or whatever, I would, I would tell them a story. I call it a story about a boy named Jay. And the story would be of some mistake I made. And it was okay. We all make mistakes, right? Pam, I think, or Mel, I think this goes back to your comment. Men don't want to be embarrassed. I would try to demonstrate it's okay to make mistakes. You're not alone and you don't need to be embarrassed because everybody does. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's, everybody's can make mistakes. So uh, lead with something that you're confident in. And then there's resources. There's people, that's why I named my program, My Virtual Dad. Uh, I shared the story of hearing Lou Holtz uh, make a comment that changed my life. He said, there's only three things that will change you from where you're at today to where you'll be five years from now. And I internalize that to me in my entire life. It's the people you meet, the books you read and the dreams you dream. And the reason my program is my virtual dad is because you're going to have a tapestry of advisors. The single mom is the primary advisor, especially emotionally in a home. Uh, you know, uh, boys, uh, sons are connected to their mom in a very distinct way. But there's, there's going to be uncles, there's going to be teachers, coaches, pastors, whatever in their life that are also going to speak into their life. So just to be open to that and to be able to accept that wisdom uh, where there's, I, I always found somebody who was strong at something and went and tried to learn that from them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to, <laughs> I was thinking of you. I love the a story about a boy named Jay. Yeah. This is when I wish I had a time machine, Pam. I, I know. And I, Don't I'm sure my boys are, oh. wish I had a time machine too, so they could hear stories about a girl named Mel. Yes. I'm sure and, they're just dying to and, hear this. And how absolutely <laughs> perfect you were as a single mother. I will say, um, that's. The reason why I want the time machine is I felt like as a single mom and I saw the way my boys looked at me, Jay, that's so true that they, there's just this, probably not so much now because they're 13 and 19, but when they were little, they looked at me with this glimmer, you know, and I felt like that I had to be perfect. So I did not share my mistakes with them. And that's a regret that I, I wish I could have told them you know, the stories about a girl named Mel Moore. I think I do it more now, but I wish when they were younger um, that I would have done that more. But I was thinking, Pam, about when you said, what about our moms that don't feel confident, connected, and safe? I know something that I did do right um, and toot my own horn just once, mm-hmm. maybe twi- maybe okay. later. We'll see. Um, I did not feel confident, and I knew especially my oldest didn't either. So I found a really safe, confident, and connected, throwing that out there, Jay, guy to be in his life that was my friend's husband. And I just unapologetically asked him, would you meet with my son? And through that, my son really did gain confidence. And and that guy shared his mistakes with my son as well. And that's where I learned that because mm-hmm. he would come home and say, well, he, he told me this. And I'm like, oh. And you still respect him, you know? So I think if you're a mom that doesn't, um, you're saying, I don't, I don't know how to teach confidence when I don't have it. Well, then find somebody who can, you know, this is worth it. So anyways, Jay, Mm -hmm. I have a million dollar question for you. Oh boy. (laughs) Go for it. Yeah. What 
does safety for a man look like? We're all dying think, to know. <laughs> I think, you know, my, my boys and I joke a lot about the, the communication styles and differences. There's, there was one tweet and I'm going to paraphrase it. This, this, this woman, and she was, she was like, you know, since the, the, the pandemic, you know, I've had this group of five or six friends and, and we're on a group text and we share every day, you know, how we're feeling, what's going on. And, and it's wonderful. These women are my best friends ever. And then this is, is, is a fairly famous man tweeted back. He said, I have a group of guys. Uh, we text each other about sports and we make fun of each other's hair until somebody's feelings get a little bit hurt. These are my best friends, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, because men just, I mean, if, and we joke, I say, if I say, boys, if you tell me my hair looks nice, I know you're lying because <laughs> you're, you're normally going to give me a little bit of grief. You're just going to be poking fun at me. And I think that's a lot of men's love language is you just kind of have a, a little banter about it. You can't be too serious and that's just the way we're wired for kind of like a locker room. And what that means is safety means you can, if, if you're getting poked fun at a little bit, that means you're kind of accepted into mm, the group, okay. at least around the, the men that I'm at. That's cool. Uh, with and my <laughs> sons and everything. But then on top of that, you can drop in. And again, I look at the pie chart. 5% of the time, you can you, you just start sharing a little bit of truth. And sometimes that will mushroom into something. So I think safety means kind of like a tribe you're accepted and a lot of that becomes with joking and you know ease of being around each other but then you have to be aware of that time to say you know and, and you do this with only your closest friends i'm struggling with something you know what are your ideas you know how did you go you know have you seen this how do you go about solving it and I, that just seems to be the, the the formula that we have is safety means accepted and then then you can share after that Mm. I loved the text group conversation. That's exactly the way Pam and I, you know, we just talk about sports and then we make fun yeah, of each right. other's hair. <laughs> Jay, my youngest son, his love language is to be sort of sarcastic and witty and and we've learned each other's. He's learned pretty quickly, like, my boundary on that. <laughs> and we talk a lot about that it, it's going to ch- – it's it's – a gift that if he uses correctly will benefit him, but it can also hurt other people if he's not careful with it. But I, now that he's become a young teenager um, with just a flowing little peach fuzz mustache that he's very proud of, that he will not shave, I have started using it because I know that he likes that. So always around Christmas, he'll maybe look at the Christmas tree and be like, I wonder which one of these gifts are mine. And I'll always go, oh my goodness, I forgot it. I never think about you and I did not buy you any gifts. And his birthday is coming up and he's like, I wonder what you're going to do for my birthday. And I go, man, I just never think about your birthday. I, I hope I, you know, you're just not important to me. And he, the, I know this sounds horrible, but the biggest smile is on his face when I do this. And it's sort of just become our thing. And we were recently playing a game of pool. We have this like old disgusting pool table at our house when we were playing pool and we were both getting frustrated because I don't know if you're competitive Jay you kind of look like a competitive guy but we're not able to have fun when we play games in our house and so we this was supposed to be a fun evening Pam and we both started to get frustrated and finally I said how about instead of 
like encouraging each other or thinking about what we're doing that we just start making fun of each other. So then every shot I would be like, oh, that's the worst pull. That's the worst shot I've ever seen. And he'd be like, you're so horrible at this. And it made us sort of laugh. And I know that sounds weird, but I wanted to tell this story because I, with my oldest son, have to be so encouraging and sort of build him up. And if he took a bad shot, I would be like, it's fine. You can do it. You're, you're great. But my youngest, I'm like, that was so lame. I can't believe you're my child. You know, and we just sort of, it's become our like love banter. Um, and That's so I love really that fun. you said that because I almost kind of have to not be a guy, but you know, I don't know. I like it's a that. weird dance yes, as a mom, is. but I learned that he, I, he loves it and he smiles when yes. I do it. So yeah, I love that Mel. That's so, that's so, that was unique. a really long story. I'm sorry. No, I love that. But and I love that. But I want to just, um, as you were saying that, I, Jay, I want you to answer this, and Mel as well. I'm thinking about the mom out there that does not have the chemistry with her son or the, I don't know what it's called, to be able to, to do that. And so it's so awkward. I mean, what, what words of advice do mm-hmm. either of you have to the mom that's listening that say, I want to have that. I want to build confidence and connect and safety. But yeah. it's just awkward. I don't have that kind of relationship with my 10-year-old or my, because he's angry, or I don't have the kind, that kind of relationship with my teenager. I want to address that question just for a moment, because we do have moms listening that are frustrated with that thought. Yeah, I think I, I think Mel's story is a good example of just exploring. Mel, you didn't know that immediately, right? There's and there's different times and seasons. I mean, and me and my boys joke if company's coming and you know, grandma's coming to town and we got to clean the house. Yeah, we're not joking around with mom. The sarcasm <laughs> language shuts off. Mm-hmm. We got to get business done in the next two hours and let's let's march right. Mel, uh, your story about playing games too. Grandma will not play Monopoly with the boys because it's just too much. She cannot. <laughs> so we have a boundary there where we can't we can't play that. But I think a lot of it is exploration. And and I'll go back to the safety thing. I think I have some friends who don't want to share their mistakes with their kids. And. And I don't feel like they are trying to be perfect. I don't feel like they're trying to be on this, this, this mountaintop of, you know, perfection that can never be, you know, touched. I, I think they're just a little bit of, the parents are afraid to share and be vulnerable themselves, right? So I think just starting off, Pam, you mentioned, you know, he's angry, right? You know, leading with, you know, I've, I've been angry about, you know, these things in my life too. And, you know, I, I try to work with through them. I'm not perfect, but just kind of coming down to their, to their level and acknowledging. And I think that goes to the acceptance and the safety. I get angry too. Right. And I want to, you know, we're on the same team. We're not on opposite teams. We're on the same team together. I tell my boys that I said, you're going to get along no matter what, because if I pass away, uh, and you're not getting along, you're all three going to be at my funeral and you're going <laughs> to yeah. have to get along there. Yes. So yeah. we're this Practice. team that God has made. Mm-hmm. We don't have jerseys, although I do buy t-shirts that, that kind of sim- symbolize jerseys, but we're all on the same team here on earth. So we got to, we got to figure this out together and we're going to have mm-hmm. different, different roles and responsibilities, oldest versus youngest versus, you know, parent versus child and all that stuff. But, um, I think vulnerability leading with that, Pam, to answer your question, if if they're angry, if they're sad, 
you know, acknowledge that, accept that is the best first step. Mm -hmm. And that tends to open many doors of yes. communication. Yes. You know, Jay, I, I just wanted to say that when I was a single mom, um, I I knew my, my son was struggling with the divorce. And I just, that's why I asked that question. I didn't know how to break into that arena exactly. And of course, now I know years later, but I just want to tell the moms, be very careful. Don't, I thought if I ignored it, it would go away. Don't ignore or downplay your son's emotional stress. Um, it's scary, and so you don't know what to do with it. And sometimes you think, if I open this can of worms, it's going to get worse. No, it might get better. So if your son shows depression or hostility or or defiance, you might need to, after you talk to you know, a, a, someone that can help you, you might need to enlist a professional to find out really what's happening deeper and um don't don't um ignore that thought either i wanted to throw that out there yeah okay I, i'm going to answer this too from my experience as a mom and then also i worked with teenagers for almost 20 years so i feel like yes. the, like the most tense moments are really I was just thinking the other day, I was not tired when I had babies. I am tired now. <laughs> I'm so tired, Jay, of these two teenagers. And I, the one I can be sarcastic with, I told him yesterday, you are a full-time job. And he said, and it doesn't pay well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think for me, the most important thing, and if this can become important to you, Mom, and this is going to take work, is really knowing your audience and I had to get good at this because I created two drastically different boys. And my oldest, and there's this is totally okay, but we do not communicate in the same way. And we didn't have that, I don't want to say we didn't have chemistry, Pam, but we just didn't have these like natural ways that we connected mm -hmm. with each mm -hmm. other. Um, where my youngest and I like sarcasm and that, like I love that, I'll do that all day. So I had to really know my audience. Um, and it wasn't always me creating a safe space. It was me knowing what their safe space is. And and for my oldest son, us going for a drive in the car was the safest space for him. I think he didn't have to look at me um, and analyze maybe my facial expressions. And it gave him the space to think and we would have the radio on. But my youngest, it needs to be some sort of activity. Like we can throw the ball back and forth and he'll just say all of the things. So I wanted to say know your audience, but you might say, I don't know them. And I think I have two good, and you guys can tell me if you think this is good, Pam and Jay. I have two ways that I think you can get to know your kids. And that's by watching them around their friends. <laughs> like my, I've learned so much by having their friends over and watching the way that they talk to their friends or going to a school lunch or going to a school event and just observing the way they're communicating with their friends. That's when I realized that my youngest love language was this sort of sarcasm and and that thing that you said, Jay. I, I was listening to him talk to his friends. And then, two, I ask this question that I don't always like to ask, um, but I ask them how they're experiencing me. So I generally mm -hmm. will do it when there's a tense moment um, or we're not connecting. Afterwards, whenever sort of the smoke has cleared, I will say, hey, how did you experience me in that moment because I thought I was being very loving by correcting you right mm -hmm. or um and 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 it's taken a while but to create a space where they can answer that honestly and for me not to correct them because their answer is their answer right Pam so if I say how did you experience me and you say 
the tone of your voice made me uncomfortable. I don't have the right to say that's not true. Mm -hmm. So I ask that question a lot after tense moments or when we just have, you know, something going on. How did you experience me? And I don't, I usually don't like the way they answer. So I might stop asking it now that they're (laughs) older. (laughs) So that's my advice of know your audience and spend time with them and their friends if you can, and then just ask them that question. Yeah, I do love that. I do love that. I don't know if you're going to like the answer. That's great thoughts. You know what, Jay, I want to ask you as well, um, because, because as these women know how men build healthy connections, they can maybe relate to how their son will build healthy connections. So how do men effectively build healthy connections? Uh. You know, I think, Mel, you mentioned a, a, a comment there about, you know, driving in the car, right? Um, I think men generally, I call it shoulder to shoulder, is how I think men are more comfortable rather than face to face, meaning that they like being in the same environment. But again, you're not going to sit, it's, it's difficult in general for a man. I hate to make such broad brush, uh, you know, comments, but sitting down and saying, how are you feeling? man just really doesn't know how to respond to that. If you do something shoulder to shoulder, an activity, I mean, it can be a walk, it can be a car ride. You don't need to be a mom that's going to go throw a ball or, you know, <laughs> swing a club or, you know, play ping pong or, or or pool. I think pool was a wonderful example. Just something where you can just be in the same space. Um, I think that's how men build a lot of their relationship, just being around and then that, that's the connected part. And then, you know, safety and, um, you know, confidence begin to grow in parallel with that. But we need to be intentional about it. I think the hardest thing I've done is, as a man and that I'm teaching my boys is you have to be really intentional about the five, you know, your, your friends. You know, they say we're the, we're the average of the five people we hang out with the most. And I'll put that outside of family, outside of mom and dad and, and, and siblings and spouses and things like that. And so I, I, I try to talk to them about finding friends that have four main attributes. And the attributes are, do your friends have good intentions for you? Do they want what's best for you? You know, you need to really ask yourself, are they just, you know, trying to get me into trouble? <laughs> I had teenage friends like that. Hey, let's go, let's go do this thing, which really wasn't a good idea. Uh, and as you get older, you get a little more discerning, but do they have good intentions? Do they challenge you? If you're like about to walk off a cliff and to do something bad, do they, do they kind of pull you back in a loving way? Uh, are they vulnerable? Do they share a little bit uh, about where, you know, their, you know, what their challenges and concerns are and the vulnerability and the, the last thing's authenticity because those go hand in hand. So when I'm coaching and teaching men, I say, here's an assessment scorecard you can make. Do you have the right friends around you to help you be successful? And that helps them intentionally build connections in, I think, what is a good and healthy way. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking when you were talking about the shoulder-to-shoulder thing that our homework as moms is to think about what is that space that I can create with my son possibly? And then for me, tradition is, I don't even know if tradition is the right word, but a rhythm of, you know, okay, every Thursday we're going to go for a walk or go for a drive or something. Um, Because next thing I knew it would be a couple of months and I, I would think not, maybe not a couple of months, but a long time would go by and I would think I haven't really connected with him 
Like we live in the same house and I, he's always around me, but I think that's really good advice. Did you go for drives or what did you do with your son, Pam? You know what? I, like I said, I sometimes had a hard time expressing my feelings because I, I was trying to figure out my own feelings. So I wish I could go back and redo some things. But what I did, it's kind of, you know, it just was a way for me to get it out of me mm-hmm. was I would write, I'd write a letter to him mm-hmm. and I'd take him for a drive and we'd stop and, we'd, and I would just say, I wish I could just say this from my heart, but I'm all pin up. So yeah. I'm just going to read this to you. And then once I read it, I was released and he started talking about it. Then I started talking about it. It kind of broke the ice. I wish it could have been different in a way, but it is what it is. And I didn't have the resources back then that our single moms have today, like this amazing podcast. So, you know, and I journaled. And so that helped me too. But, you know, that's that's why this podcast today is so valuable for these moms. That's, just like, that's, that's great, a, yeah. though. That's a great nugget. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. And I I do that myself. Good, uh, journaling good. Yeah, just helps, helps <laughs> organize Jay. our thoughts is Go all Jay. it really does. Yeah. You, you say them imperfectly, and then you kind of just rearrange them a little bit, and you come out a little bit more articulate than just kind of flying off the cuff. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. story, Pam. And that's a valid tool in the yeah. toolbox for anybody. I mean, you were showing your son that it's okay if you can't articulate your feelings mm-hmm. verbally, but to find another way. Yes. Right? So yes. good job, Pam. Okay. You did well, do a great job. I, I can say today he's a healthy, wonderful adult man that has a great family and a great father. And I'm so grateful for that. So moms, I'm just letting you know, you may not do it perfectly and you may not know what you're doing and you may doubt everything you're doing, but you just do the next right thing and leave the outcome to God. I, Mm -hmm. that's just the best advice I can give you as you're walking through this marsh. Yeah. It really is. That's good advice. You know. Pam, what struck me is the if I as a son to to think about a mom taking just taking the time and care to write a letter. Uh, that's that just struck me so powerfully from an emotional standpoint that you cared enough to sit down and to take the time and write a letter. That in and of itself speaks. Mm-hmm. So loudly. That's wonderful. Right. Well, thank you. I I praise God because I see the results today. And I meant that when I said, you may not know what you're doing, but that's okay. Just do the next right thing. And that should be helpful. I'm going to try that, Pam. Okay. Well. I'll let you know how it goes. Call me in tears and let me know how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do it in the car, though, so that we don't have to look at each other when I get emotional. (laughs) You can do that. You can do that. Oh, my goodness. Jay, as we wrap up, and this has been so incredible, and I know that for you preparing a podcast about men for women and specifically single moms is is challenging and took work and we appreciate you doing that in your heart and moms we have so many conversations behind the scenes with Jay and he is such a champion for you um because of your sons and because of you he has a heart for single moms and he's told in the previous podcast we keep talking about it because it's so good you have to go listen to the man crisis he talks about Mm -hmm. his experience with his mom and you would you would just be so blessed to hear it so I'm wondering Jay as we close is there anything else that you would like to say today to our single moms uh, single moms, boy, I believe in you. Uh, you have, as uh, Mel's thirteen-year-old uh, said, uh, not a well-paying job. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a full-time job. 
And uh, yeah, uh, I'm just so inspired by single moms uh, growing up. I mean, I did have a stepfather, but he was he was on his own journey. So I was really uh, functionally raised by a uh, by a single mom. And my heart is out there for you. You can do it. There's so many great success stories of um, of of successful men uh, raised by a single mom. So I believe in you fully. I'm also going to put together a, a, a light PDF that will attach uh, to this uh, show so that you can download it. I know you're probably driving around, weren't able to take notes. I'll put some of the, the things in there just to help you out as a resource. And um, yeah, thanks for your time. Um, I'm a champion of uh, the single mom cast. Yeah, that's wonderful. And we are a champion of you and your, your outreach, Jay. You know what? In closing, I just want to say this. Before I talk to the moms, Jay, I want to sincerely and humbly from my heart thank you for your mission uh, to the men and your love for single moms. You are so valuable to this world today, especially today. And I pray God's blessings. I pray his power would just would burst open even more avenues of influence for you in this world. So thank you for what you have given to us today. And moms, I just want to say um, you are not alone. You know, I read a statistic the other day that 11 there's 11.5 million families uh, being raised by a single parent with 81% of those being a single mom. And when I heard that, I just thought single motherhood is becoming the new norm. And, and that should let you know you are not alone. There are millions of moms that are thinking the same thing you are, that are wanting the same thing you are, that are searching for the same thing you are. And that's why at Arise Ministries, we are on top of that and trying to give you those resources. But I want you to know today, if you feel weak in your role as a mom, I just thought of a scripture in Second Corinthians where God says, um, are you weak? And he says, good good. My power is made perfect in your weakness. I can't work through people that are perfectly wonderful and strong all the time. And that should give you hope on those days where you feel like you're not making a difference. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. Grab a hold of that truth. My grace is sufficient for you. I, I do love that thought. And research shows that that 75%, and I love this pretty high statistic, that goes through the, the initial transition stage, the crisis stage, the transition stage, the emergent stage of being a single mom. When they land on the other side, eventually 75% of the single moms do well at living and do well at the rest of their life. And that should give you great, great hope. So today we're just... We are so grateful that you joined us. We are beside ourselves that we had such a professional impart wisdom from a man's perspective that we don't have because we're not men, but we respect that so much. And just hope today you will access the downloadable uh, piece that Jay is going to make available to you. And moms, you just do not need to know as you move forward, love it. I can't think of any better way to close this podcast than Psalms 31, 24. And it says, moms, be strong and let your heart take courage. All of you who wait for the Lord will find strength. So it's our prayer today that you are empowered with strength and you're able to move forward with fresh faith and fresh vigor. <laughs>